Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got an incredible show in store for you tonight. A couple of segments of Roundtable coming up here with some guests where you can tell things get, let's just say, fairly heated because of this COVID conversation that is taking place. want to remind you on Friday, President Trump's going to be in Rochester, Minnesota for a rally at five o'clock. That may mean good signs for his opportunity, his ability to make Minnesota red again. And speaking of that, we want to start here tonight. A couple of things I want to share with you, which I'm sure you saw the news earlier today, but huge, huge news. And you know President Trump and his rallies today and tomorrow and now until Election Day is going to be talking about the greatest GDP boom ever in the history of this nation. Uh, 33.1%, obviously in large part because of what happened with the, the shutdown, but still a number that he can tout uh, heading into Election Day. He's been talking about that for quite some time. Now, one of the things I shared with you on Inauguration Day, okay, I talked about this on Inauguration Day. I said, look, there's there's really one metric you want to watch that's going to be Black American unemployment. If that stays low, President Trump will literally just stroll back into 1600 pen. Now, I said that before, obviously, we had a pandemic. And yet, earlier this week, I had a chance to sit down with former Minnesota Viking Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker. Just talk about why he's such an ardent supporter for President Trump, where he sees the black American vote going uh, this election. Plus, if he were to come back and play, who would he want to play for? It was a fun and fantastic interview. We can only share some of it with you tonight. So just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now to see it in its entirety. Herschel, welcome to Point of View. It's such an honor to have you. I want to uh, go back in time a little bit, share with you a picture I found, and then ask you some questions. Uh This is back from 1984 when you were signing with the uh, New Jersey Generals. Uh, Then Donald Trump, now President Trump, obviously ran the team there and uh, I believe drafted you. So I just, what I want to get at is just your experience of President Trump and why are you such an ardent supporter of his? Well, you know, uh, President Trump and I became real, real close friends at that time. And what's strange about it is, uh, you know, that, that, that meeting there, uh, he asked me to come up to Trump Towers. And I got a chance to go up to this big building in New York. And I was like, this guy got his, his name on his building. And we went to dinner. <clears throat> we went to dinner that night. And from then on, his family and my family was going to dinner. And we became close friends. And, and we've been friends ever since. And, uh, you know, he's a very, very uh, interesting man. But one thing about it is, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever be in politics, never dreamed about it, never thought about it. And I started hearing all those terrible things they were saying about him, racist and different things like that. You know, I know racism. I grew up in the South and I knew it wasn't true. And then I started seeing so many things they were doing by burning the Holy Bible, by, you know, starting to forget about God. And I, I decided I was going to speak up. And because of me speaking up, and it's almost that people say I become an advocate of Donald Trump. And I, I reckon you can say that because I think he is the man to be president of the United States right now with so much going on and the recognition that he's not getting. I wanted to tell people that this is a great, great man here, that he should get the reputation that the the the, uh, the reputation that he has. He's a great man. He's not a racist. He's a guy that cares for America. Well, it's incredible. You think back to his early days, you know, you had Jesse Jackson uh, praising him and different people from the black community. And now he gets into politics. That's why I want to get at it for you is why 
why do you think the media has consistently tried to portray him and paint him as a racist? What, what's behind that, do you think? Well, you know, what's, what's strange about it is Donald is uh, he's very difficult to understand. Uh, I think people see his tweets and they hear him make speeches and they think that's the man. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things he said when he came in the, as, a, as a president is he was going to drain the swamp. And to be honest with you, I did not know what that meant. I honestly didn't know what it meant, but I thought it was a cool slogan, what he was talking about. But uh, as you see now, I think people started to recognize what that really means. Is there are people in Washington that really don't do the right things? There are people in Washington that's really been lazy, that they've been taking advantage of the United States of America. And he wanted those people gone. And I think that's one of the reasons why that has happened. And I thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak because most of your mainstream media is not going to give uh, the truth about Donald Trump. You know, even in my own hometown, the way in my own state, I spoke with someone from uh, from Georgia and they wanted to talk about racism of Donald Trump. And I, I told them I, what I felt about it and all that. And I spoke to him for about 20 minutes. And when the uh, story came out, it was about a minute of me. And it was a minute that he cut part of my conversation off. And it was almost where I was saying, you know, he has done some terrible things. And then they showed like the racist things that people were saying about him. And they didn't even use what I was saying because, so that's why I thank you for giving me an opportunity to let people know what they say about Donald Trump and not, not true, that he is a great president. You know, thank you for saying that, Herschel, because even when you watch the 60 Minutes piece uh, over the weekend, the, in the intro, you know, you've got Leslie Stahl in the intro calling him Mr. Trump. Not, And I just thought that was, it just was inappropriate in my opinion, but I, I don't want to put you in that fray. Um, I want to get to a couple of things, but I, I want to share with our audiences because you and I were chatting for a couple moments before this interview. And apparently someone recently said to you, hey, Mr. Walker, if you were going to play football again, where would you want to play? And tell our audience what you said. Well, this is the honest truth. I, I told someone, and they can read this. I said, if I had to play again, I'd love to play for the Minnesota Vikings. And they said, why do you want to play for Minnesota? I said, because I absolutely love Minnesota. I said, I love the people there. I think the people there were so kind to me. They were absolutely incredible to me. And I said, I never thought they got a chance to see me play. And I love to go back there and play for them because I think I owe them something because I tell you, that is a beautiful, beautiful state, a lot of beautiful people. And, and I really love Minneapolis. And, uh, and so I love to be back in Minnesota. Man, believe me, the way the bikes are playing now, we'd love to have you back. You and Delvin Cook back there would be, wow, incredible. Um, I want to play a clip from you. This I'm sure you've seen this by now, but this is Joe Biden a while back. I think he was on with Charlemagne the God. And just want to play this clip for you and then ask you a question about it, sir. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. If you have a problem to figure that out, then you ain't black. And I want to ask the question this way, and I want to be sensitive about this, but if the Candace Owens just sort of dub this and get your take, yeah. well, why... Why do you think the Democrats feel they have a right, and this is what Candace Owens says, to keep black Americans on what she dubs the thought plantation? Well, I think the way they think they have a right because the African-American has always voted a certain way. And that's what's so sad. You know, one of the things when I got involved with, uh, with this campaign here, they didn't ask me to get involved. I, I called up uh, the campaign themselves and said, I want to speak for Donald Trump. And they, they, they couldn't believe it. I said, no, I want to speak for him. I said, I've known him for such a long time. Donald didn't even ask me to speak for him. It was something that I wanted to do myself. And then I started noticing that the the Democrat just assumed because you're African-American, that's what you're going to vote. 
it doesn't matter how terrible they've been to uh, the African-American community. It doesn't matter what they've done to them, but they always can depend on your vote. And I said, it is sad that in today's world, they just assume that they're going to take advantage of you, that you're going to take whatever they give you, and you're going to be happy with it. Well, I'm happy that I think a lot of the African-American is starting to come out and educate themselves and see what's going on and look at the policy that that is being laid out and see what policy that fit what is good for them. And and I told someone, I said, guys, this man is not a racist. I said, you look at what he's done for the African-American community. And you mentioned it early on. You know, I was around when all when the Jesse Jackson and the Al Sharpton, they was there with Donald all the time. Jesse Jackson gave him an award in 1985, I think. And I was around when he had all the rappers, they were there with him. And as soon as he decided to run for president, he's a racist. And I, I said, you know, it's absolutely amazing how they've turned on him. But yet you look at what he's done for the economy in the United States of America. You look at the jobs he's bringing back from China. Would you see uh, Biden today pretending, oh, I'm going to get jobs back from China when he gave the jobs away? And, you know, I watched uh, Obama uh, today. Uh, down in Florida, and I was absolutely appalled to see the lies that he was telling, pretending that he was this great, great president. And I'm going to be honest. You know, uh, a lot of people voted for Obama because he was black. A lot of African Americans voted for him because he was black. They didn't even know who he was. He made a great speech at the uh, Democrat convention. They said, wow, he can be president of the United States. Well, he served two terms there, and he never did anything. You know, you look at what he did, and you say, what did Obama ever do? And you know, I think what is appalling more than anything, you listen to he and Ms. Obama, and they speak about how systemic racism is so, so much of an existence in today's world, in America. Well, they were the most powerful African American in the world and the most powerful people in the world. And if they didn't do anything, it must mean that it didn't exist, like they said. So it's sad that you see people come out telling African American those those lies, assuming that they're going to be so emotional when they go to the voting booth, only to settle after four years for the same old, same old. But I think uh, people are going to be shocked that this term, I will guarantee the president is going to get in the upper 20s, maybe the lower 30s, uh, support from the African-American community. It's incredible to you say that, because I said on inauguration day, I said, folks, there's really one, maybe two metrics to watch, and it's going to be Black American unemployment and Black American homeownership. And if those two things are good, he walks back into 1600 pan. That obviously was prior to this COVID situation. But I, I agree with you. And so if you were sitting down with a longtime Democrat voter um, who's a Black American, what would you say to him? I mean, I kind of like it. I don't know if you concur with this, but I like when President Trump on the campaign trail would say to Black American voters, even Native American voters, like, vote for me. You know, what the H-E double hockey sticks do you have to lose? Y'all been voting this way for decades and look where things are at. So what would you say to them? Well, you know, it, it's funny because I've been saying it to African-Americans today. And this is what's so amazing, uh, you know, because when I first came out, I had people coming to me and say, I can't believe you're doing that. Why are you doing this? Well, when I start telling them what President Trump has done for the African-American community, they don't even know that. They're not even aware of the prison reform that he's the one that got that done. They don't even know about the opportunity zones or the historical black colleges. And they go, wow, I didn't know he did that. And you, I say, yes, why don't you look it up? And that's what changes their mind. And then they don't know about the platinum plan that he's talking about now, the $500 billion that empowered the African-American community and not just giving them something. And, and once they become aware of it, that's when they start looking at different things, looking at the policy. And that's where I'm totally shocked. 
Thank you so much to Herschel Walker. It was such a fun interview. So again, I want to encourage you to watch all of it. Just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, when we come back, we're just days away from election day. We had an outstanding roundtable earlier today. We're going to share some of that with you coming up right after this. And as always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 